Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Hey, Chris Barsby joining us. He's in the broadcast box at Albion Park. Good morning, Chris. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Prior to the Queensland Carnival, we were talking a lot about these big names in Western Australia, Laverageo and obviously Chicago Bull. Update on any of those at the moment? Chris, what's happening with them? Uh, as far as uh, some of the big names in Perth, Shockwave's gone amiss. He's yeah. got a tendon injury. Has he? Uh, so he's going to be out of action for some time. I think Too Fast, Too Serious has got an injury, so he's going to be out for some time. Magnificent Storm was back in action last week. How so did he's he go? up and going. Uh, he, w- he won, so mm-hmm. uh, he was good. Uh, and as far as the Hall stable is concerned, uh, Chicago Bulls back in work now. So uh, only just light, only just returned mm. uh, just in the last week or two. So he's still a fair way off. But Leverage he's back Joe, any work. news there? Uh, no, I haven't heard anything on Leverage Joe. So uh, whether they just uh, gave him some time off just given that injury uh, that, that he sustained uh, in lead-up to our carnival, maybe this is the perfect opportunity. Just give him some time. So a lot of that swelling went down pretty quickly, but uh, they might just give him time because there's not a great deal on. Maybe the Victoria Derby uh, could be an option for him coming up later this year, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I'll okay. chase him up. Larissa McMullen is waiting patiently. Yeah, I want to talk to Narissa. We're back to action here on Saturday night. The carnival's come and gone, but it's still a strong program. Still a lot of New South Wales stables still based here in Queensland, soaking up the sunshine. We've got a nine-race program coming through on Saturday night, and it's quite a very well-even balanced card, and uh, there's a number of key runners. Narissa McMullen has five drives on Saturday night, and uh, quite a few of these are are really good chances. Narissa's online with us now. Narissa, appreciate the time. Thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, Ragnar in race one. He's got gate two. He looks perfectly placed here with the draw, but this is a strong race, and given that Mac Da Vinci and Crunch Time have gates one and eight, they could easily dominate this race. How do you see it at this stage? Yeah, it's, um, there's a few classy types in the race. Uh, it's definitely not easy. Um, two's probably not a bad draw for my guy. Um, you know, there's a bit of speed to his outside as well, and um, he shouldn't end up too far back. Um, you know, if we're just sitting behind him somewhere handy in the run, uh, I think that's probably our best bet. Yeah, you're right in saying it is a strong race because you've got the likes of the croupier jumping Jack Jimmy, make mine heaven, Tommy Lincoln, he's won three of his last four. Nowhere Creek's the last start winner. So there's a few here boasting really good form. Just with your guy, he's been a runner-up at his past two. Have you been happy with those efforts? Yeah, he um, he's backing up here from Tuesday. Um, he raced well. Uh, he's just very lazy when he's um, left alone out in front. Um, but no, he's, he's racing well. Um, he should just continue to improve um, with a bit more racing. Um, you know, he's had a little break prior to those two starts. So he's returned in good order? Yeah, definitely. I'm happy with him. Okay. Do you think Mac Da Vinci and Crunch Time can dominate, though, with their good draws? Will it be a case of leader behind leader? Yeah, it probably just depends um, whether Mac Da Vinci has the speed to hold up. Um, yeah, if it does, uh, it's going to be hard to beat those two. 
Okay, we go across to race four on Saturday night, the Ideal Dancer. This is a horse we've seen here previously when he was once under the care of Ricky Elchin. He's now back in Queensland. He's with Steve Seeney. You guys have a great combination when you uh, team up together, Steve Seeney and Arissa McMullen. He draws nicely, another one with Gay too, but again, it's a strong race. Our action men, Life Lavros, Rock Fisherman, they're all in good form. So how do you see race four? Yeah, there's plenty of good form around this race. Um... This fella, it looks like his form sort of tapered off a little bit lately, but if he could get back to his best, um, I think he could be thereabouts. Uh, yeah, first up for Steve, so hopefully, hopefully he does a good job. He hasn't trialled, but knowing Steve Seeney, when he produces them at the races, they're normally ready to go. Yeah, definitely. Steve always has them on their game. Life Lavros, he was awesome winning here on Tuesday. Yeah, he was. He was super. Yeah, he might be the horse to beat there. Talk about good combinations. Uh, you and Ron Salas. Ron's do, uh, got his team absolutely flying at the moment. There's good success there for Ron. He's got a couple of good chances on Saturday night. Rani steps out in race number five. She backs up from Tuesday. She had no luck here on Tuesday. No, she hit the line really well on Tuesday. Uh, she probably should have finished a bit closer if I got out earlier. Um, just a bit of an awkward draw Saturday night, but I think she'll go well. Yeah, that, that is a, a key, isn't it, uh, the draw? It makes it tricky, the inside of the second row. Its Megs can be a little up and down how she leaves the gate at times as well. Yeah, I think we might get shuffled back a little bit and um, probably have to look to get off the fence at some stage. But, um, yeah, we'll just see what happens. But a win wouldn't surprise, would it? Because she's going really well, this mare. No, she's going really well. Um, and, yeah, not an overly strong race for her. Like, I definitely think she's capable of winning. Okay, well, that's Rani in race number five. Race number six on Saturday night, again for Ron Salas. Simon, he's chasing the hat-trick, and he lands the inside gate here over the mile. He's going to take some catching. Yeah, he's racing super. Um, yeah, won his last two, and hopefully we can win again. Um, got the good draw, and he's, he seems to be a really good front-runner, so hopefully we can hold the lead and keep him chasing. All right, so surveying the front row, you think you've got enough speed to hold up? Yeah, I think he does have enough speed. He is pretty quick off the gate. Okay, double or nothing drawn directly behind you. A horse that's going well. Does he loom as a danger? Yeah, he's probably the danger from the draw. Okay. Overall, Simon's record's pretty handy, so it's no surprise that he's been able to uh, figure it all out here in Queensland. And his past two wins have been really good, and he's capable of going good time. So he looks like he's going to do a really good job. Yeah, he's a nice horse, got good ability, and he's just sort of starting to race well now. So um, I think he'll just continue to improve. Okay, and then race seven. Uh, this is a high-quality mare's race. A couple of talented types here. You're down to drive Ali Ali Kai. She starts from the inside gate. She's a last-start winner. You can't knock her recent form going really well in her sectionals. They tell the story as well. So do you give her a strong chance? Yeah, she's back to her best at the moment and she's got the good draw, so that's definitely going to help. Um, it is a strong field, but um, from the draw, I think she'll go close. Miss Ruby Sunshine, brilliant gate speed uh, mare. She's drawn in gate four. She probably looks the leader, so in all likelihood, you might end up in the trail? Yeah, that'd be perfect if we could sit behind her. Okay. Well, five really good drives there on Saturday night. Is there one that stands out at this point in time? Um, I think Simon. 
Simon will go with Simon. Race six, number one. Hopefully he can make it three straight. I've got to ask, the carnival's come to a close and uh, you went close uh, in, in a couple of the big ones with your Trotter God of Thunder. He won the Reckliff Trotters Cup. Were you happy with the way he performed throughout the big races? Yeah, we were really happy with him. Um, you know, he's such an honest little trotter and I uh, never thought he'd sort of get to where he is. He's just, he's kept improving. Um, he had a lot of hard racing and probably the last start in the, the Trotters Cup there, he was getting a little bit tired. So he's just gone to the paddock for a little let up now. Um, but no, he's done a great job. Yeah, he's got manners and he steps so uh, well. He's very consistent the way he gets away. I'm sure you wouldn't be disappointed if they had the trotting races at Reckliff each week because he seems like he'd be almost unbeatable there. He thrived around the little track at Reckliff. Yeah, he loves the small tracks. That'd be good if they had more races for the trotters there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, job well done with God of Thunder. He goes for a well-deserved break. We'll see you in action on Saturday night with a good book of drives. Thanks, Chris. There's Nerissa McMullen joining us. So a couple of good chances, but she's marked Simon as her leading hope there. That's race six, number one. Ron Sellis has had a good week so far, and he's looking for that uh, good fortune to continue on Saturday night. Brittany Graham is about to join us now to go through all of the highlights throughout the carnival for 2021. There's a lot to talk about, and she's online with us now. Britt, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. The carnival has come and gone for another year. The obvious question for you... What was the highlight? It's hard to pinpoint one thing over the other, isn't it? I mean, I think the Rising Sun was the success story of the entire carnival and no real surprises because it, it looked as though that was going to be the case as well. But in terms of a horse's performance highlight, um, I think American Dealer stands out. He won on each night of the, the main Albion Park carnival feature evenings. He just improved each and every week. His derby performance was super they went a pretty comparable time in the end to the Blacks of Fake and he's just such a lovable little character. I was lucky enough to get up close and personal with him and he's just a little dude. So, no, I think he's one that we can hopefully see back next year for the Rising Sun. Of course, he won the consolation to that this year, but as a four-year-old, um, if what we saw from him during the carnival this year is anything to go by, I don't know why he won't take the next step up. Who do you think endeared themselves to the public more? Was it American Dealer, the horse you just mentioned, the Derby winner? Was it the trotting mare Pink Galars? Or was it Amazing Dream? Because she claimed the two big ones, the Rising Sun and the Grand Circuit event, the Blacks are fake. Yeah, I think probably Pink Galars had captured the imagination of the Australian harness racing community already through her deep last year. So it was probably just more of a continuation of that Amazing Dream. I'm not sure if it's captured the hearts of the public or not with her blousing the, the favourites in the big races. Maybe those who found her at the odds. I heard a few people uh, backed her for a place so I'm not sure if they would have been too happy with that or not but uh, no, probably for mine it was definitely, definitely American Dealer and just being the first time that we saw him on Australian soil as well it's hard not to love him with his performances. He's just so gritty. You mentioned that you're able to get up close with American Dealer. Who, who was smaller? Was it American Dealer or Pink Galars? I would probably say American Dealer, but then again, Pink Galars sort of holds her head a little higher and is a little bit more proud. He just uh, went about his business in such a casual fashion. I actually put his head checked down after the Queensland Derby there on Saturday night, and he just nearly put his head to the ground. He had put it all on the track. He was... Uh, spent so he'd, he'd done his very best but yeah he um I, i'd probably say him just marginally there wouldn't be much between them though 
Okay, out of the three nights at Albion Park, Ray Green leading trainer, Anthony Butt leading driver, American Ideal the leading sire. Um, where can we improve uh, going forward for 2022? Where, where do you think uh, Racing Queensland and the Albion Park Harness Racing Club and even the Reckliff Harness Racing Club, where can we improve to make it even a little bit more special next year? It's an interesting question and I, I probably found it hard to, to pinpoint anything in particular because I think there was just so many positives to come out of the carnival. Um, maybe just it would be better to see bigger crowds maybe on those first two nights. We had a great crowd there on Saturday night with the Blaster Fake and maybe it's a little bit optimistic to think that we can get that size crowd to the whole carnival and, and capture uh, those same people each and every week. But I'd love to see a big crowd there for Rising Sun night next year, but probably just the only the, ne- the only negative that we can take out of this year's carnival is that probably just COVID just affected it that little bit more <laughs> as well. So um, hopefully this time in 12 months' time we don't have that because we often see a strong contingent of harness racing, of the harness racing fraternity come and enjoy not only Black of Fate night, but the weeks leading up to that from New South Wales and Victoria, and we often have a bit of a person as well. So, um, yeah, I think COVID had a pretty decent effect on that, and hopefully by this time next year that won't be the case. Would you agree with me in saying the programming looks right? We've got the program now for our feature events right. You know, there's probably some minor tweaking that we can make. Uh, obviously, we'd love to see a little bit more prize money injected into some of these uh, features. But I think overall, the programming was really good this year. Yeah, agreed. It seemed to work and there were highlights on each and every night of the carnival. One thing I heard from a few is that it would be good if, if the Derby horses maybe had an opportunity to strut their stuff before the rising sun to put their cases forward but then again it's i don't think everybody's always going to be catered for because then maybe that would affect the four-year-old going ahead to bigger races as well but yeah i agree everybody was catered for people bought horses for multiple uh, classes or, or genders the trotters and mares i completely agree that that we've got it right now and I'm not sure there, there could be any real tinkers made to it. That's the only comment that I heard about those three-year-olds. Being able to strut their stuff before the rising sun, maybe American Dealer would have been in the rising sun as opposed to the Constellation if it was flipped the other way around. OK, I want you to look into the crystal ball for 2022. Fresh off a very successful 2021 Tab Constellations, what's the one horse that Racing Queensland and the clubs need to target for next year? I had a good think about this and there was a few names bobbing around. Probably Akuda came to, to mind first because I'd love to see the three-year-olds continue to dip their toe into the water when it comes to the rising sun because despite the fact that Krugan cashed up, didn't run in the places, they still ran great races and it added to the intrigue of that race. But we need to see Lock and Varad in Queensland this time next year. Imagine if him and King of Swing can, you know, sort of reignite their little rivalry it would have been super to see him here this year we've seen him here in the past and i'd love to see him again next Mm. year so i'd love to see the arty party come to queensland in winter of Mm. 2022 and Brittany, did i hear some news when i was away about ride high might make a comeback shortly yeah there's some positive signs um the the team has sort of been i guess umming and ahhing about whether or not he will get back to the races and he's going to stand at stud this year while still uh, sort of making his way back to the track but there was a point where it sounded like it was a you know very little possibility that he would be coming back but over the last few weeks there seems to be some more positive signs from the camp so yeah he's probably another one Steve you're right 
And we need Perth representation next year. We got close this year with Laverage O. We need Perth representation next year. Yeah, absolutely. And it's probably unfortunate that we've seen, you know, the likes of, of Shockwave and the like go by the wayside only in the, in the last week or so. But maybe with a few months of rest and rehabilitation, the winter might fit in perfectly for them. And again, we know how hard it was with travel for anybody. So mm. to get the amount of interstaters and Kiwis to the carnival was probably a pretty big deal in the end. So with more easing of restrictions, hopefully this time around next year, we'll see it a little easier for people to get here because it's not an easy trip from Perth to Queensland, as you'd know, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Give us a best bet before you leave us this morning. Brett, what have you come up with this weekend? I was with him last week, Matt Da Vinci, and I heard you talking to Narissa McMullen just before about that first race. It's a great race on that card, but I think it's his opportunity to stand up on Saturday night, and I'm hoping that he can just get a, a nice run off the pace, and it's crunch time that little bit awkwardly drawn. I think he gets his advantage. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure whether he's an out-and-out leading type, so maybe they'll need to be some decisions made and I've struggled to probably map the race but I'm hoping that whatever scenario unfolds he gets the right sort of run Matt Da Vinci because his sectionals in the Rising Sun and also the four-year-old championships were great. Yeah well we'll take the tip race one number one nice and simple there with Matt Da Vinci on Saturday night. Britt as always really appreciate the time uh, best of luck across the weekend and we'll chat next week. Thanks Chris. Yeah, I reckon with Chicago Bull, you would have almost paid for each trip, Chris, um, when, he, when he was going well out of your own pocket. Um, we've, our next guest, uh, I've, I've already put him to task. Uh, he's going to be my scout over there, mm. and uh, he's been given a list already that we're going to work on for, for next year, and I'm going to get Matt to come across as well. He's going to be there... Uh, yeah. They're confident. And you know and what you can do with Matt? Something that a lot of our listeners may not realise, but he's a damn good race caller, Matt, as well. So yeah, he can get up and call absolutely. one for you. Absolutely. Yep, yep, there's no problem there. You can do a few on the Friday night and I can just take a, a, a nice little break, but I'm sure he'll be able to step up to the mark. He'd like it, but uh, he's our spy in the West and he'll be making sure that we've got WA representation next year. He joins us now. Matt, good morning. Good morning to you, boys. How's that list looking? Yeah, it looks... Uh, uh, well, at the moment, it looks a little bit uh, injured, but uh, hopefully, as Brittany just mentioned, Shockwave with a bit of uh, rehabilitation. I think uh, the Winter Carnival would be something that they would probably look at uh, long-term with Shockwave if they could get him back to the track, say, early next year, and then they'd probably be able to map out uh, a season on the East Coast for him because he has been proven that he's very talented and so we'd love to see him go east and show the rest of the country how good he really is. Mm. Matt, is it the travel that's a big turn-off for some participants, so getting to Queensland? I mean, I know it is with the gallops. I think it's just more the, uh, the travel in terms of COVID, I think, uh, is the big problem. Uh, just getting stuck over in uh, different areas and um, if he went across to Sydney, say, a month ago, then... He's stuck in Sydney until whenever he can get home, which would be probably looking at how they're going there, probably another few months. So uh, it's just a big risk. They've got some good money on offer here for the Pacing Cup and Fremantle Cup, which uh, would be a main reason to be able to get back here and get him settled and in for a preparation again. So that that is the big thing, and hopefully by uh, sort of May, June next year, we'll be able to travel freely around from state to state and they'll be able to get horses like Shockwave, Magnificent Storm uh, across to Queensland. 
What about Laverage o? Have you heard anything over there? What's he currently doing? Steve asked me this earlier. What's the update with Laverage o? Uh I have not heard a thing about Laverage o. I have heard a few whispers, which I won't mention uh, through the industry, but uh, a lot of things get uh, piled on and added to stories when you're talking to industry participants. So I uh, have not heard anything about Laverage o. From the trainer, it wasn't anything severe and he was going to be nominating a week or two after he had his little setback. Of course, it's well and truly past that now and we haven't seen Laverick Joe since. So I'm not 100% sure what's, uh, what's happening with him. Hopefully it's not too serious, but uh, the longer he stays away, you've got to question the severity of the injury. Yeah, absolutely. We've got 10 of the best at Gloucester Park coming through tomorrow night. What is the Matt Young special? You have to be patient and you'll probably have to go to bed, Chris, and wake up on Saturday morning to see this one. But it's race 10, number one, seven, no trumps. He was knocked over in the uh, golden slipper. He's had a little bit of a freshen up. Trolled up really well. He's got the nice draw. I think he'll be able to lead and win race number 10. So number one in the 10th, seven, no trumps for Peter Tilbrook and Shannon Tavelko. Always happy to wake up to good news, so we'll take that tip. <laughs> race 10, number one. His current form line, 66659. Yeah, he's ready for a win then. That's one way of looking at it. Yeah, he's a very good front runner, Chris, and he's he trialled up recently and went 2-3 in a trial, but he led and just controlled it and dashed home. Look, I think he'll be able to lead, and his form... He's against the better two-year-olds and there's not that strong a field. So I think he'll be able to control the race and win on Friday. Okay, so race 10, number one. Any thoughts on the free-for-all? Race five, who takes that? Uh, Voltantin, Vampiro, Patronus Star, Major Times. Looks a competitive free-for-all there. Yeah, exactly right. So Argyle Red will come out hard. Voltantin's first up for a little while. So fitness might be a little bit of a query for him. He'll probably need it. Vampiro, uh, he was beaten... Uh, over the longer trip a few starts ago so he'll probably come out hard as well so it's interesting to see what happens there between the one two and the four Patrona star will be coming home well i would imagine and i think major times for mine i didn't mind major times i thought this was a good race for him on an each way basis i think there'll be enough speed in the race to suggest that he'll get every chance into it and he's quite versatile so that's the way i'd go in at the free for all major times for ross oliveri and chris Vogt. Okay, and just one final question, and a question without notice. Gary Hall Jr., he celebrated a birthday during the week. Is he currently suspended, or is he just taking a little break? He's on a fishing trip to celebrate. Uh, he's nearly turning 40. Nearly. <laughs> I think it's next year. I go. can't remember. He's, he's, uh, he's, lost, he's lost count. He's done that once before on the racetrack, if you can remember. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, they, they might be in the new boat. Finally, they might be in that new boat we've, we've been hearing about it for over 12 months now. No, Senior's not. He's not in. He's not with him, and it's not his boat. So oh. Senior's, Senior's at home working hard, and I, I had him on my show on Tuesday and said, uh, are you missing Junior? He says he hasn't actually noticed that he's gone. So. <laughs> well, that answers that very uh, emphatically. My so. name was on the boat list, and then it was gone when I said, oh, yeah, Chris yeah. Barsby and I had that little... Side wager. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. Yes, that's right. Matty, appreciate the time. We'll take the tip with race 10, number one, tomorrow night at Gloucester Park. Really appreciate the time. We'll chat next week. Cheers, guys. See ya.